Welcome to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, a bi-weekly look at all things related to the growing elite clubs nationally, the ECNL. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. Now, here's your host for Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, former U.S. soccer press officer and longtime soccer broadcaster, Dean Linky. I am Dean Linky. The college soccer season starts this week and all of the college soccer rosters at every level, men and women loaded with big time ECNL talent and so many of the programs led by big time coaches, including our two guests on this week's Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast from the Big Ten. This is Drew Roth, head coach of the Purdue Boilermakers women's soccer team. We are excited to start our season Thursday, August 18th against Southern Cal, 7 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. And I'm excited to join Dean Linke on this week's Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. And this is Neil Jones, new head coach of the Wisconsin men's soccer team. I'm thrilled to be in Madison with the badges back in the Big Ten and here with Dean Linke on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. And our visit with Drew Roth and Neil Jones starts after this match message from the ECNL. As the game continues to evolve in the United States, the ECNL remains the standard of excellence in youth soccer. The Elite Clubs National League has grown to include over 200 clubs and nearly 50,000 players across the country with a robust competition platform for teams, educational resources for coaches and clubs, and unparalleled identification and development opportunities for players. Alongside its member clubs, collaborating to create a better future, the ECNL continues to raise the game every day. The ECNL is more than a league. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Once again, here's Dean. This is Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, and I am Dean Linky. As you know, this is my favorite time of the season, favorite time of the year, the start of the college soccer season. And tomorrow, Thursday, August 18, on the Big Ten Network, I will have the call with Jackie Manny as Southern Cal is at Purdue at 7 p.m. Eastern time live from West Lafayette, Indiana. Coming off one of the greatest seasons in program history a year ago, Purdue Boilermaker head coach Drew Roth is in his eighth year as head coach of the Purdue soccer program in 2022, and he will kick off today's show. In 16 seasons as a collegiate head coach and seven at Purdue, Roth owns a near 600 winning percentage in his Boilermaker tenure. He has elevated Purdue's play on the pitch and grown the program's success in the classroom and presence in the community, culminating in the historic success on and off the field a year ago. And like I said, I will see him tomorrow kicking off the season on the Big Ten Network in front of what I hear is going to be a packed house at Folk Field, taking on a top 20 team in Southern Cal. Welcome, Drew Roth, to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Thanks a lot, Dean. Great to be back with you. Excited for a big game and great way to kick things off. Well, and you're coming off a great season and now all of this energy and the word is, Drew, it is going to be a big time crowd tomorrow. Can you talk about what that means to you as a coach now in his eighth season to have a big crowd responding to a great season a year ago? Well, it means a, a great deal to our program and to our players. As you know, there's nothing that creates a little bit of a buzz 
like like winning. So last year's team was a fantastic group, group of veteran players that kind of figured out over the years what it takes to win at this level and uh, culminated with a 15-win season. And it was fantastic to see the community get behind us. They're always behind us, but I think everybody was just extremely excited to see our, our team play and to see the, the support and the crowds that we were able to have come out. It just added to the excitement of the program. And I think it got a lot of people excited about Purdue soccer that maybe didn't know a lot about our program. So we acquired some new fans. Uh, we got our fan base very excited. What's so special about this first game is I think our students are going to come out in full force. And obviously college sports, anytime the, the students are involved, it just makes it that much more special. So last year we had over 2,000 fans at our opening game and we're expecting a, a similar turnout this week. So the anticipation and the hype around it is something that uh, is just fantastic for our sport. You know, we're trying to grow the game always. We feel like we have a young group, but a team that's ready to, uh, you know, uphold that standard of, of put on a good show. And of course, we can never promise results. Uh, they're hard to come by, but we can promise that we're going to put on an absolute fantastic game, put forth great effort. And I think uh, our fans are going to be real pleased with this year's version. So great way to showcase the Big Ten, great way to showcase Purdue soccer. We know we got a great challenge with USC, but uh, I think the environment's going to be electric. We're going to get more into the game tomorrow, but I do want to go back to last year, remind everybody that Purdue finished second in a jam-packed Big Ten in the regular season, went on to the NCAA tournament, won a game, actually was eliminated in penalty kicks. So that's not even a loss in my opinion. Big thing is, Four players from that team are now playing professionally, Drew Roth. And I want to get that message across as well. You see me right now wearing my North Carolina Curry shirt. So one of your key players, your goalkeeper, Marissa Bova, I get to see pretty regular. They love her, by the way. What does that mean to have four players off of last year's team now playing pro? Well, it means a lot. You know, it's fantastic to see those players uh, achieve their dreams, reach those, those lofty goals. Four players that came to Purdue while we were still, you know, trying, trying to build something special. Nothing was handed to them. They had to earn everything and came from, you know, pretty humble start. When you look at our freshman year, I think we might've won six games or something like that. So what they've been able to accomplish is a real testament to, to their character and their desire to improve, their commitment to improve. And every year they just got better and better and better. And, you know, when we're going through this process and GMs from the professional teams are calling me, you know, I say, it's kind of up to you to, you're the one who's evaluating the talent and we wouldn't be having this conversation, obviously, if they weren't very talented, but I can tell you all those players will do nothing but be tremendous assets to your club. And the reason why they were able to improve so much in four years is because their approach was of that of a professional, you know, every single day, those players came to get better every single day. They came to get coached every single day. They came with humility, not a sense of entitlement. So when you have those types of things going on as a coach, it's my job to guide them and help them but they deserve all the credit for putting in that work. And, and nobody worked harder than those players. And they were able to lift the level of the program and by the same time uh, achieve their individual goals at the same time. But some of the best players, people, leaders that I've been around and uh, I'm tremendously uh, you know, happy and excited for their futures at the next level. But it's great to see players come through our program, get better every day, now playing at the highest level. So it's a really exciting time for our program. And I uh, hope we have some more that uh, want to be next in line. So pleased to be joined by Drew Roth, the top man of the Purdue women's soccer team. Again, we'll kick off their season on the Big Ten Network Thursday, August 18th. That's tomorrow as they take on Southern Cal, a top 20 team. And you talk about not entitlement and putting in your time. I mean, you also 
put in your time. I mean, you had great success at Illinois State where you're the five-time Missouri Valley Coach of the Year. We have so many coaches that listen to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Drew, can you talk about, as a coach, not just as a player, the importance of putting in your time to get to the next level? When you go to a different level, different conference, there's certainly a learning curve. You learn about yourself. You learn about players. You learn that there's always more to know and and, and there's room for growth. I think that's the thing is that uh, um, you take all your experiences that you have, but you get to a different level, a new level, you have to have an open mind and you have to be willing to adapt and willing to change. You know, every year I just try to try to grow. I mean, if you're the same coach you were five years ago, um, you know, that's not good enough. So definitely uh, made some good decisions, made some mistakes, but uh, the key is you just keep learning, uh, surround yourself with great people try to really stress that growth mentality and I'm no different than our players. So we've worked really hard to just develop a culture uh, and create an environment where players can uh, really enjoy themselves and uh, enjoy the the hard work that it takes to, to improve and, and, and be successful at this level. But uh, it doesn't happen overnight, you know, and sometimes there's some things that occur that are completely out of your control that can kind of set you back. But as most of us play the game and, you know, coaching is no different, it's going to be tough. Uh, there's going to be things that get in your way but you just got to try to stay positive and keep going. And that's what we kind of did here. And uh, you just got to believe that uh, the fruits of your labor will eventually uh, start to show. You know, I think last year was a culmination of a lot of hard work and uh, overcoming some challenges, but it is doable. But the key is, you know, to have those, that right, pl- the right players. And our senior class last year was kind of that class that uh, really bought in and they went through this, the challenges of the pandemic and things stayed, stayed tight as a unit, worked hard they were just not going to be denied. So as coaches, we need we need players that have that mentality. And uh, if they have it, we need to, to guide them as best as possible and help them achieve those goals. But uh, a lot of hard work, not easy by any stretch, but we feel really good where we are now. And it's certainly uh, worth all the uh, trials and tribulations when you uh, can show up every day and, and work with a group that you really, really enjoy and uh, hopefully play some really good soccer, which is what we all strive to do. Great to kick off this week's ECNL podcast with Drew Roth, the head coach of the Purdue women's soccer team, spent some time at Illinois State. He also spent some time at the University of Indianapolis as well. And, you know, during that time at University of Indianapolis and even at Illinois State, you also spent time coaching in youth soccer. This is the ECNL podcast. They may not have been ECNL teams, but you saw value as well in coaching youth soccer, right, coach? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, that's great experience. You know, I coached, coach at the high school level, coach, coach at the club level, great, great years of really, you know, working at the craft and really trying some things and, and really learning what works for you and, and, and what you can improve. So coaching that level is, is fantastic. The amount of development that takes place, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old is something that uh, is, is really special. You know, those are some real formative years. So I really enjoyed that aspect and, uh, you know, loved, loved coaching at that level. We focus a lot on mentors. You were a great player at Michigan State under the legendary Joe Baum. I got to believe he's one of your your mentors. What did he mean to you? And are there other coaches that have made a difference in your life, coach? You know, I think Joe was just, he's just a, a really good person. You know, I think that's, that's first and foremost is that, uh, you know, when you're uh, playing for somebody, you want to, you want to believe that, you know, they have integrity and they're, their heart's in the right place and that they care about you and they want you to succeed. And, uh, you know, they're willing to put in the work to, to help you achieve your goals. And, and Joe is just a good man. You know, he's a good man and uh, was always there for his players, could always uh, talk to him about anything at any time. And uh, he was always encouraging us uh, to, to give our absolute best day in, day out. And uh, I always have tremendous respect for Joe and gave me a great opportunity to play at Michigan State. And, uh, you know, just uh, those, those are the type of people that you look at and 
you take bits and pieces from different coaches that you've had over the years. Um, but for Joe, it's just, uh, you know, always uh, appreciate everything he did and always want to give my absolute best for him because, uh, you know, he uh, he cared about us as people first and foremost. One more question before we take our first break with Drew Roth, the head coach of the Purdue women's soccer team. Thursday night, August 18th, 7 o'clock, they kick off their season against Southern Cal on the Big Ten Network. Jackie Manny will join me for the call. So looking forward to that. You saw Joe Baum handpick his coach in Damon Rensing and then stay with him. You knew at Illinois State the importance of your assistant coaches. And then when you went to Purdue, for everybody listening on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, can you talk about how important assistant coaches are? Oh, assistant coaches are incredibly important. You know, I think putting a staff together is one of the most important things a head coach can do. I think the real important thing is just having good balance. You know, sometimes people ask me, you know, what what makes our staff work and why we have been successful. And I always tell them that it's balance. You know, I don't necessarily need somebody that has the same strengths and weaknesses that I have because those are things that I bring. I need somebody that's going to help me uh, be at my best in training and on game days and, you know, people that I can share information with always want people that are going to question things that we do and ask questions. But then as soon as we leave that, that office, you know, they're on board with whatever we come up with, whatever we decide to do. So uh, assistant coaches are incredibly important. You know, the relationships they have with players as a head coach, there's no way, you know, I can be in contact with 32 players equally all the time. Um, but when you have three people that are working at that, uh, everybody, you know, understands their role and understands how valuable they are to this team. So picking your staff is absolutely crucial. And like I said, find the balance, find people that are good at things that you're not really good with and uh, give them the opportunity to uh, exert their influence on the team. You know, I think it's very important that uh, you give them responsibility and, and allow them to make some uh, uh, decisions and do some things that, uh, you know, allows them to grow. So but absolutely crucial part. If uh, if you don't have a good staff, you're definitely uh, putting yourself already behind. So um, we're fortunate here. Jim Schneiderhahn and Kelsey Brower, a lot of experience, a lot of quality. Everyone on our staff is really passionate about uh, the game and developing the game and developing these players. And, uh, you know, I really couldn't ask for anything more. They all helped you get to a 15-4-3 and record a year ago. Again, they'll kick off the season on Thursday night. That's tomorrow as they take on Southern Cal. We're going to take a break, come back, and spend 10 more minutes with Drew Roth, the head coach of the Purdue women's soccer team. Nike is a proud sponsor of ECNL Girls. Nothing can stop what we can do together to bring positive change to our communities. You can't stop sport because hashtag you can't stop our voices. Follow Nike on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soccer.com is proud to partner with the ECNL to support the continued development of soccer in the U.S. at the highest levels. We've been delivering quality soccer equipment and apparel to players, fans, and coaches since 1984. Living and breathing the beautiful game ourselves, our goal at Soccer.com is to inspire you to play better, cheer louder, and have more fun. Visit Soccer.com today to check out our unmatched selection of gear, expert advice, and stories of greatness at every level of the game. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, kicking off the show with Drew Roth, the top man 
for the Purdue women's soccer team. They'll be on the Big Ten Network Thursday night, 7 o'clock, kicking off their season against Southern Cal, University of Southern Cal, which we know is going to be a member of the Big Ten pretty soon as well. We talked a little bit about last year. Sarah Griffith is now getting it done for the Chicago Red Stars. She led the league in goals. I feel like you've had a couple players during your time in just seven years that have led the league in goals. How important is it to have a dynamic goal scorer like Sarah Griffith? Oh, it's so important. Goal scorers, I will say they help you win the games you should, and every now and again they'll help you win a game that, that you shouldn't win, right? Because uh, what happens in those 18s is so crucial. And I think, you know, as the game changes, there's always uh, different tactics and different things, uh, you know, come into in, into play and different uh, ideas uh, as the game progresses. But there's always room for a for a true nine. I think you know you can have the false nines and the, but when you have a nine that you know you can rely on and and that can get you those goals and those big matches, it certainly certainly makes a huge difference. So uh, we've been fortunate here. Maddie Williams was an All American, uh, Big Ten Forward of the Year, and Sarah Griffith was the Big Ten Forward of the Year. So those teams were were you know quality teams. But when you have that player that uh, can step up in those big matches, and you know with Sarah, you could almost almost count on a goal a game and. At any level, if you can score a goal a game, you're going to win a lot. And obviously that helps her have a lot of opportunities after after Purdue, which she's taken advantage advantage of now. But uh, yeah, having those goal scorers uh, is, 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 is great. Now, of course, we'll look to see who will be the next Maddie, who will be the next Sarah. I'm sure you're asking those questions as well. We already talked about the fact you lost eight players, half of them going pro, which is incredible. But I know you got a great freshman class coming in. I think you got one or two great transfers as well. How are you feeling about this team this year as you get ready to play Southern Cal tomorrow? Yeah, well, that's, you know, when you have a big senior class and and then, of course, a, a freshman class comes in to take their spots, uh, of course, it's a little nerve wracking because, you know, for four years, I had a pretty good idea of what those players brought. But what's exciting when there's that turnover is, uh, you know, you, you kind of get to see uh, something new and something different and also just uh, the potential that this group has. Uh, this freshman class has been very impressive. Uh, they've come in, they've competed at a high level. There's 10 of them. The standards that they, you know, are trying to uphold, uh, they have had no issues doing that. Uh, the way they compete, the way they prepare, uh, I, I really enjoy working with this group. Most important, very coachable. Just when you get young players like this with a lot of accolades, you want to make sure that, um, you know, they, they understand that at this level, uh, the speed of the game and just the preparation, everything has to be a little bit heightened. And so far, they've been fantastic. A player like Kayla Budish up top, uh, is going to be, um, you know, a, a real threat to score goals for us. I think uh, Sabrina Blount and Riley Knutson are two uh, players that play in the back who have really been off to a good start. And uh, we have a transfer, uh, Zoe Allen, who's come in from Boston College. She also plays up top, and she's added kind of a different dimension to our team. So some real, real exciting young players that I think are are mature enough to make an impact uh, right away, which is which can be somewhat rare, but I think they have that talent and I think they have the right mindset. So it'll be exciting to see how they, uh, they do in year one, but we have high expectations, high hopes. I'm glad you mentioned Zoe from Boston College because I want to remind everybody that I first met you when Illinois State played Boston College on the then-named NSCAA Game of the Week. I was impressed with the style of play and what you built at Illinois State. I knew as a Big Ten man, having played at Michigan State, that you wanted to be in the Big Ten, and now you're in your eighth year. You and I have had some candid talks over the last several years as you've had a few games here and there. I think you're on the network six times this year, so that 
shows yeah. that you're getting it done, or at least you're on national television, which is amazing. So that must mean that your wife, Stephanie, and your two children, Brady and Carmen, are they enjoying West Lafayette, Indiana? Oh, yeah. yeah, they love it. They love their school. They love uh, the community. Uh, obviously, going to Purdue events is always fun. There's a lot of things on campus, you know, athletics related and, and non-athletic related. Um, but uh, certainly love coming to Folk Field. So, uh, you know, there's nothing better than team having a good performance, getting a good result, and then, uh, you know, having having the family come by after and and celebrate that with with all our, our, our fans and supporters. So love that part of it. And uh, we're very happy here in West Lafayette, for sure. I mentioned you being candid. And one of the things you said was a couple of years ago, Dean, I actually thought it was going to happen a little faster, but it's happened now, right? Incredible season last year. You're hoping to build on that. What did you learn during a little bit of adversity as you settled in at Purdue? Yeah, well, I learned that, uh, you know, we all have timetables in our head and we all have high expectations and none of us are real patient, you know, not, none of us want to wait, uh, you know, we, and when you've had some success, you know, throughout the years, it's, it's hard, you know, when, when you kind of are hit, hit a little bit of that, that roadblock, but like anything you, you, you learn to, you know, get through it and you figure it out. You learn a lot about yourself and um, you look at yourself and, you know, say, Hey, what can I do better? You know, uh, obviously I've done some good things, but maybe, maybe some other things that I need to change. So I think uh, it really it really makes you uh, self-evaluate. It makes you really look at your whole program as a whole, everybody involved. And then you look at how can we, you know, improve a little bit each day and how can we improve in this area a little bit. Eventually that does add up, you know, but uh, it is it is tough, you know, as a coach, we put so much into this, you know, it's certainly not a nine to five job. It's something that you take with you when, when you leave and, you know, you're always thinking about ways to improve your team and lineups and things. So it's, uh, it's something when you're something that you're passionate about, you want to see those results and see the, the 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 product be successful, but just because it isn't exactly what you want it to be, doesn't mean you uh, you let up. You know, you just uh, keep working hard and maybe uh, make some changes and keep working and figure some things out. I think the key is obviously having good players and their development, and then developing some good leaders in the program. You know, and right now we're at a point where, of course, as coaches, we have to set that tone. But what's what's really special is uh, a lot of things are sorted out by our our veteran players. And I think that's a sign that uh, we're finally at that point where uh, some of the traditions and the things are like that are, are passed along from class to class. And, you know, that's a sign that, uh, you know, things are starting to take that next step. So we've still got a lot of work to do. Like I said, it's still still a work in progress and we've got a new group that we need to get to that next step. But uh, I do feel like uh, the foundation has been built and it's a, it's a very strong foundation. That's really going to help us here the next few years. And, and, and hopefully this year is going to be uh, a continuation of uh, just, just playing some good soccer and uh, good results and keep moving things forward as, as, as fast as we possibly can and, uh, and enjoy it. It's beyond strong with the success you had the last couple of years comes the bright lights. I just mentioned that you've got six games drew when a couple seasons, I don't think you were on at all, actually yeah. six, yeah, six <laughs> games now. So as you think about that, particularly as we're on breaking the line, the ECNL podcast, you'll have all of these ECNL girls that all want to play college soccer, have an opportunity to see you on national TV. What does that mean to you as a coach and, and, and as a leader of this program? Yeah, well, it means a lot. We all work really hard and, 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 we have great players. So, you know, I, I want them to be able to showcase what they can do. And anytime you can get a national audience watching you play, hopefully, uh, you know, people enjoy it. You know, at, at the end of the day, I want to play a, a style and a brand that, uh, you know, that people enjoy watching. I mean, we're all soccer fans. Of course, we're going for results. And that's very important, you know, at the college level, of course. But hopefully it's a brand that players like to play. Hopefully it's a brand that fans like to watch. 
and uh, you know, hopefully it's, it's, it looks organized and hopefully we have a little creativity and those are the things that, that I look for. So um, it means a lot just to, to have that recognition. As you mentioned, I think we we're on maybe once a couple of years ago, maybe not at all. I can't remember. So, uh, you know, now, now a few more eyes on us, but um, you know, we're, we're just going to continue to do what we do. And I said, just give great effort and uh, you know, try to really play uh, in a way that people enjoy watching and hopefully get some good results. And, um, but I think, I think this team will, will uh, be a fun one to watch and uh, hopefully that uh, Purdue soccer brand is, is one that people look at and say, yeah, that's, that's, they're doing some things right. And, you know, in some ways we're, uh, we feel like we're just getting started. As we start to close out our time with Drew Roth and the Purdue women's soccer team, who again will take on Southern Cal Thursday, August 18th, 7 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. Before we came on the air, I was really pleased to hear you say that you were in Richmond for the ECNL Girls National Championships. I know your team is loaded with players that played at the high level of the ECNL. Talk about your experience in Richmond not that long ago. I mean, it seems like just yesterday. Yeah, it was just a few weeks ago. And, uh, you know, I'd always attended the playoffs, but um, I had never been to the, the finals before. We had uh, uh, several players there that, uh, you know, to, to watch that we're looking at. I was really, really impressed. You know, I was, I was impressed with the facilities. I was impressed with the venue. thought the refereeing was good. And, I, of course, you know, most importantly, the level of play was, was fantastic. So really a great showcase and really fantastic place to, to watch games as a college coach. So enjoyed Richmond and, uh, you know, certainly the level of soccer uh, just keeps getting better and better and there's some tremendous teams and players and uh, that's an event that I told my assistants uh, you know that's that's on the schedule every year I'll be going back to that one uh, really really enjoyed myself and uh, saw some some tremendous teams along those lines last question I feel like women's soccer has never been more relevant of course we're celebrating 50 years of title nine as well we're hoping the usa women can win their third straight world cup of course it won't be easy if you just watch the euros you know yeah. it won't be easy that was incredible so exciting as well but to be involved in women's soccer drew i gotta believe when you were playing at michigan state that was the last thing on your mind but now that you are i know that you love it oh i do love it it's so exciting to see the game and how much it has grown over the past 20 years i mean it's, it's it's tremendous and you know we talk to a lot of players now obviously in the recruiting process and you know one of the things that we hear a lot now is you know i want to play professionally you know i want to play in the us or i want to i want to go abroad and play and you know those are things in the recruiting world you know even 10 years ago you know most programs didn't didn't hear those things i don't think so the amount of opportunities just the level of play you know you talk about the euros you're talking about things the us teams capable of now it just keeps getting better and better and it just uh, improves exponentially every year so it really is growing across across the world and that's going to make the world cup that much more exciting and like i said i was i was really impressed with the level of the euros even compared to three four years ago it's changed so to see that growth and to see all these professional opportunities for our players for coaches to be able to you know elevate and coach at, at high levels at the professional game. It's, it's been incredible. I don't know what the statistics are, but uh, it's got to be one of the fastest, uh, you know, growing sports as far as just interests. And, uh, but for me, it's just the quality of coaching and playing is light years from where it was even, even, you know, 15, 20 years ago. So very exciting and uh, just, just love to see the game grow and love to see the improvements. It's cool that you said 15, 20 years ago, because I think we've known each other that long now because of that Illinois state game. I liked you when I first met you for that game and I'm always pulling for you at Purdue. Congrats on an incredible season you're coming off of. And I'm thrilled to have the call tomorrow night against Southern Cal. Good luck in that game on the big 10 network. And thanks so much, Drew, for kicking 
kicking off this week's episode of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Well, thanks for having me, Dean. I really appreciate it. And I will look forward to seeing you tomorrow. You know, I will look forward to that too. And I'm looking forward to our next guest, the new head coach of the Wisconsin men's soccer team by way of New Zealand through UC Santa Barbara, through Northwestern, through Loyola Chicago, and now with the Badgers, Mr. Neil Jones, Wisconsin men's soccer coach when we return. The ECNL is pleased to announce Quick Goal as the official goal provider and partner for ECNL Girls and ECNL Boys, a new partnership created to support the growth and development of the country's top players, clubs, and coaches. At all national events, including national playoffs and national finals, the Quick Goal Coaches Corner will provide hospitality and social space for ECNL girls, ECNL boys, and collegiate coaches. Quick Goal will also be the presenting sponsor of the National National championship winning ECNL Girls and ECNL Boys Coaches of the Year and the ECNL Girls and ECNL Boys Goals of the Year. Quick Goal looks forward to helping the ECNL continue to elevate the standards of youth soccer and provide more opportunities to players on and off the field in the coming years. ECNL Boys is partnering with Puma for the second year, driving sport forward with the leading products and the next generation of pros who wear them. Puma has proven themselves as the fastest sports brand in the world, the fastest innovation, the fastest players, and the fastest products in the game. They're the perfect partner to complement the speed and talent of our teams. In keeping with their mantra of forever faster, Puma introduces the world's fastest boot, the Ultra. The only boot engineered for speed, the Ultra combines a woven upper with a lightweight outsole for direct forward motion, speed, and acceleration. It's the best in the game, designed for the best players in the game. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Dean Linky, your host, giving you my standard Big Ten fix as the college soccer season is here. So many great teams, women and men, featuring multiple superstars from the ECNL, and so many great teams featuring outstanding coaches at the college game. And the University of Wisconsin men's soccer team has a new coach this year. His name is Neil Jones, who spent the past nine seasons directing the Loyola University Chicago men's soccer program. He ushers in a new era of Wisconsin men's soccer, one of 11 current sports at Wisconsin to own a national title. Neil Jones arrives in Madison with a diverse list of successes ranging from an NCAA title, NCAA tournament appearances. Among those accomplishments are a pair of Missouri Valley Conference Championships and NCAA tournament appearances at Loyola, including the first NCAA win in program history. His teams played in three consecutive MVC championship games from 2018 to the spring of 2021. He also led the 2014 and 2016 Missouri Valley Conference coaching staffs of the year. Jones, like our first guest from Purdue, Drew Roth, had near a 600 winning percentage in nine years leading the Ramblers, with his teams also maintaining at least a 3.0 grade point average in each campaign. And like Drew Roth, I have known Neil a long, long time. We first met as part of a Fox soccer package when long before Loyola, Neil served as an assistant coach at his alma mater, the University of California, Santa Barbara, where Jones teams made four NCAA tournament appearances from 2006 to 2009, culminating in the 2006 NCAA National Championship. 
and we would meet again when Jones served as associate head coach at Northwestern for three seasons, helping aid the Wildcats to 2011 and 2012 Big Ten regular season titles and the 2011 Big Ten tournament championship, pulling the double. The 2012 team, by the way, reached the NCAA round of 16. The squad went 32-19-11 during his time in Evanston. And like I said, he's now back in the Big Ten, the top man for the Badgers, Neil Jones. How's that sound? Top man for the Wisconsin Badgers. Yeah, sounds amazing. Thanks, Dean, for having me on. And yeah, pretty pretty awesome to, to hear that history. Uh, and yeah, I've had... I've had uh, some great experiences across many different schools, across different parts of this fine nation, and uh, can't wait to get going with the Badgers this season. So thanks again for having me on. Of course, we love your accent. You're from New Zealand. So tell us your story on when you decided to come over to the United States. What made you pick UC Santa Barbara to play initially? And then, of course, you had great success there as a coach as well. Yeah, it's an interesting story. Um a little bit different or a lot different to, to many recruits, you know, coming, coming to the U S and, and playing college soccer for sure, especially the domestic players. But I was fortunate enough to be on the U 17 national team uh, in 1999. So I'm dating myself here. Uh, but the FIFA U 17 world cup was held in New Zealand in 1999. Uh, New Zealand gained automatic qualification as the hosts. We had a good three, four year lead up uh, to that tournament and the U.S. was in that group and we played against the U.S. in the opening game of the World Cup. Uh, some pretty familiar names to soccer fans in this country were on that team. Uh, Landon Donovan probably being the most uh, notable, Demarcus Beasley, Bobby Convey, Kyle Beckerman, Aguchi Onyewu, just to name a few of those guys from that team. And yeah, I, as the story goes, as far as I understand it, from from Tim Vomsteeg, who's the head coach at Santa Barbara and was the head coach when I played there, uh, he was looking at, you know, some top level players in California being a, at a state school. But at that time, UCSB wasn't a program as we know it today, one of the, the national powerhouses of, of college soccer. He had just taken over, started in 1999, I believe, 2000, uh, and couldn't get the best players in California because the team wasn't, you know, as as we know it today, a very successful program. So decided to go not only out of state, but out of country. Uh, and in watching the New Zealand team play against the U.S. team, uh, maybe just as a as a fan of, of U.S. youth soccer, but kind of saw that there was some quality players on, on this New Zealand U-17 team. And before I knew it, there was an assistant coach knocking at my door in New Zealand and uh, ended up coming over with Tony Lockhead, who was another player on that New Zealand team, to play at Santa Barbara. And, and that's how I ended up there and had a phenomenal experience. Not a bad place to be because, one, it's beautiful. Two, the atmosphere for games. I did several games on Fox Soccer Channel. I don't know if it was like that when you were a player, but it definitely was like that when you were a coach. When you'd score a goal, they would throw the tortillas, and they would have record-setting crowds there on a, on a regular basis. Yeah, it wasn't like that when I was a player. Uh, <laughs> I wish it was. Uh, it really started to go that way when I started coaching there. So. I played 2001 to 2004. I remember that we made the NCAA tournament in 2002. And for those that don't know, the UC Santa Barbara Soccer Stadium, it's like a 16,000 seat stadium. Uh, it's a former football uh, stadium at, at the school. 
And there was about 4,000 people at that NCAA tournament game against University of San Diego uh, in 2002. And we, we thought it was like Wembley, you know, it was like <laughs> the biggest crowd we'd ever seen. And then, you know, we, we lost in the national title in 2004, 2006, uh, as you referenced earlier, UCSB won the national title. And that's when it really took off 2006, 2000, I coached 2006 through 2009 there. And there was crowds of 13, 14,000 that were coming in for, for the games against Cal Poly, UCLA, you know, some big, big opponents. So yeah, I mean, like what a phenomenal experience. And yeah, for those of you who haven't been to a college soccer game in California, you know, UCSB is the place to see a game for sure. I'm really pleased that you shared your story on how Tim Bob Stieg found you and gave some detail on that. So now you're rolling along and clearly right away, you realized that you wanted a coach because you talked about the years that you were playing there. And then shortly thereafter, you're a coach and you're on the benches. They win a national championship. So my question is, when and why did you know you wanted to be a coach? Uh, well, I tried to play. You know, I tried to play after college and I did. I played overseas in Norway, Australia and Malaysia, but I wasn't good enough. You know, I wasn't good enough to make a career out of it. And I never forget the conversation I had with Leo Chapel, who was my assistant coach uh, at UCSB, went on to be the head coach at Columbia, was an assistant at Akron, uh, just a great, great trainer, great coach, great mentor. And he said something to me that was tough to tough pill to swallow at 24 years old, but it was, you know, you should come to, back to UCSB. Uh, there's a second assistant position open. And he said, you're going to be a better coach than you ever will be a player. Mm -hmm. And at 24 years old, when you're still trying to be a pro and trying to be the next, you know, Ibrahimovic, <laughs> that's something that you don't really want to hear. But, you know, I, I took it in stride and I took a, took a deep breath and slept on it. And I agreed with him. You know, it was something that I wanted to do. And my mom is a teacher and, and was an elementary school teacher for, for 30 plus years. And, and as coaches, we, we are teachers, you know, where we, we teach soccer, we teach, we teach life, we teach how to handle certain situations. So I have that in my background being a teacher and I love the game of soccer and uh, the ability to, to become a coach, especially back at Santa Barbara was a great opportunity and something that I couldn't pass up. All right. So then you make your next step. And I can't remember if it's from Santa Barbara straight to Northwestern or was there something in between there? Yeah, it was straight from Santa Barbara to Northwestern. Okay. And Northwestern, I come from Ohio and they, they couldn't win a game. And next thing you know, you guys are winning doubles and going to elite eights and sweet 16s. And just talk about uh, your time in the big 10 with Northwestern. Yeah, I mean, I owe Coach Lenahan so much, you know, Coach Baumstieg as well, Leo, all these great, great people and great coaches that I've worked alongside. Uh, but I, I learned so much different, so many different things from Coach Lenahan. UCSB was like a very good program and, and remains that way and was very soccer oriented. Northwestern was also, but of course, it's a very different university where it's one of the top academic institutions in the country. What I found with the differences were, Everyone wants to win games, but it was the how to win games that I felt like was different. Coach Lenahan really invested so much in his players and so much in his team and so much in the culture surrounding the program that I took so much from that in terms of like the preparation for games and the preparation for 
developing players. One thing that he said to me that will forever be ingrained in who I am as a coach is after our 2010 season, which was my first season there as an, as an assistant, we had a 500 season. We were eight, eight and two, and we just did okay. We kind of stumbled through the finish line and and didn't have a, a season that was necessarily up to standard at a program like that. And we kind of had a postseason evaluation of myself as, as a coach. And he said, look, look uh, your sessions are good. Your trainings are good. Your coaching points are good. But at the end of the day, in terms of the players, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I'd never heard that phrase before, but it like really stuck with me and it kind of resonated with me because I'd come from a program where UCSB was all about soccer, all about development, all about making you a pro all the time, all about winning, all about competing for national championships. And not that it wasn't about culture, not that it wasn't about developing great human beings, but that wasn't like the biggest emphasis I felt. Whereas at Northwestern, that was like, the main emphasis and that was the how do we get to where we want to go is developing relationships with your players and having them trust and believe you and run through a brick brick wall for you as a coach ultimately and so i really kind of turned turned my coaching philosophy upside down and kind of really got into developing the relationships with the players uh, that were already there developing relationships with the, with the players that we were recruiting to come to northwestern and I'm so glad I had that conversation with Coach Lenahan because, man, I'm I'm in I'm in constant contact with with guys I coached in at Northwestern 2010, 11, and 12. I play golf with them, I see them, I hang out. Like, I've been invited to weddings. Like, it's incredible, you know. So, the relationships that you build in this business, for me personally, are one of the best parts of the job, and I think one of the ways in which you can foster team chemistry, team culture, team belief, not just within the coaching staff, but within within the team and, and, the, and the, the group of student athletes themselves. Absolutely loving this conversation with Neil Jones, the new head coach, the Wisconsin men's soccer team, the Badgers, as we say, on Wisconsin. So you're rolling along. You've had this great experience at UCSB as a player, then as a coach, then Northwestern, and Loyola Chicago opens up. Talk about your incredible nine years there, Neil. You won a lot of games. Yeah, it was fun. It was crazy because like, you know, the, the college industry, if you want to be a coach, it's going to usually require some, some moving, you know, and uh, it was funny. I was living downtown with my wife. We didn't have children at the time, but I was living closer to Loyola, Chicago than I was Northwestern. So I actually cut my commute in half <laughs> when I got my first head coaching job, which is you know, unfathomable, really. But yeah, that was a great, a great experience for me. And I absolutely loved it. And it was a tough place to leave. But when a program and a university and an institution in a conference like the Big Ten, that is Wisconsin, uh, offers you a job, that's, that's something that I, I couldn't pass up. And yeah, like I learned so much, you know, it was my, my first head coaching job. I, I, I made a lot of mistakes. I learned from them, continue to develop, continue to grow. And yeah, kind of fine-tuned, I feel, who I am as a coach in the program that I want to I want to be the head coach of. And yeah, I mean, again, like learning from from Tim Vomsteek, who's won a national championship as a head coach, and learning from Tim Lenahan, who's won multiple Big Ten championships and had some amazing NCAA tournament runs and kind of taking taking what's best from both of them and kind of forming them together and then adding in my own spice and ingredients. 
I felt like I was able to do that at Loyola. And yeah, we had some some great, great uh, teams. And I had a phenomenal assortment of assistant coaches. Brian Plotkins, now the head coach at Army, Nate Boyden, Pat Flynn, who's now the head coach at Drake University, Graham Brennan, who's there now, Callum Malice, former MLS player, Steve Bodie, who's the head coach now at Loyola, replacing me. And yeah, just a, a great collection of coaches that taught me a lot. And hopefully I had a good impact on them too. But and all the student athletes that I coach there, again, I, relationships are, are so fun and staying in touch with those guys as I move on to Wisconsin. We actually played Northwestern at Northwestern this year. Uh, so I'm getting a lot of messages from from guys I coached at Loyola that are still in Chicago saying that they'll be out of that game sporting uh, Badger Red. So I'm excited for that. That's awesome. I can't wait to call your game against Indiana on the Big Ten Network as well. When we come back, we're going to talk about Wisconsin men's soccer. We're going to do that on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast with the new top man for the Wisconsin men's soccer team, Neil Jones. From athletes just starting to turn heads to some of the best athletes to ever play their games, Gatorade shows that they are the proven fuel of the best. For the athletes who give everything, nothing beats Gatorade the studied, tested, and proven fuel of the ECNL. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, a double dip of Big Ten today. Drew Roth, the Purdue women's soccer coach, they play tomorrow against Southern Cal, 7 o'clock on the Big Ten Network, and Neil Jones, the new top man for the Wisconsin men's soccer team. And Neil, you talked about how excited you were to be in Madison. Ironically, I called forward Madison against NCFC a few days ago, and on the call, I talked about what a special place Madison is. I mean, it's a great city. The capital's right in the middle. You've got the lakes around there. I mean, the place is awesome. How much are you and your family and your kids enjoying Madison? Oh, we absolutely love it. You know, we actually just moved here about two weeks ago, despite the fact that I, I started here in January. Uh, we wanted our oldest son to, to be able to finish out his school year. And, you know, the housing market was was pretty hot at the time. But uh, yeah, we just got here about two or three weeks ago. And it's a great time to to move to Madison in the summer, and there's so much to do. The my wife was just commenting the other day about how glorious the sunrises and the sunsets are, and you know it's just a beautiful, beautiful place. You mentioned at the lakes, yeah, it's a great blend. The campus itself kind of runs into the the downtown and the the state capitol right there, right on the square. We went to the farmers market on the square on Saturday morning with the kids and. They were loving it and yeah what an amazing place so many great outdoor activities and yeah, there's a reason it's been ranked recently as the number one place to live in the u.s actually so super excited to be here and just a beautiful place of course as we all know wisconsin now is a few years removed from the law firm when they had mueller and segbers and barlow and a, a lot of great players so you're gonna have to rebuild a little bit what can you tell us about that rebuilding process what can you tell us about how you're starting off do you have transfers coming in do you have a lot of freshmen coming in what do you got this year coach a bit of a mix of both. I think, um, yeah, adding adding some key transfers was was important just to add some experience. You know, college soccer is a very unique form of the game. And when players become available that have experience playing at this level and, and in this type of college soccer, I think that adds value. So, you know, we've, we've added a, uh, Matthew Chandler, who's a center back from St. John's and yeah, was a starting center back there and 
coach Dave Mazur has got a phenomenal program there and, and a guy that has played 60 plus college games and started every game for St. John's last year on a, on a great team that went to the tournament. He's a big boy, you know, like a good athlete, a big boy. We've got Mason Henderson coming from Indiana. Uh, he's a Wisconsin native. So that always gives an extra bit of juice, I think, to to players when they get to play for their, their home state school. Uh, and then we've got some good freshmen here as well. And we're excited about a number of the players. We've got a, a, a freshman outside back or outside midfielder from Norway who played for, you know, Norwegian youth national teams. We've got like the one of the state players, a state player of the year from Wisconsin, Mitchell Dryden. And yeah, I've got some really, really good players coming down the pipe as well in terms of 2023 and beyond. Uh, obviously can't talk too much about that, but we're, we're excited about where the recruiting is at. People often ask me like, how is it recruiting at Wisconsin versus Loyola? And I basically say, well, it's a lot easier and it's a lot harder in the way that it's an easy place to sell in terms of the academic quality you know it's been ranked the 27th best university in the world the quality of the city of madison in terms of being a student athlete living here uh the big 10 conference so it's easy to sell but there's also a lot more interest so every club coach is calling every high school coach is calling getting a ton of emails with a lot of interest so there's a lot to sift through but yeah there's so much interest in this program and in this university and uh can't wait to continue the upward you know, trajectory and momentum that we're gaining here. And um, yeah, I think it's a, a brick by brick kind of thing, you know, like Rome wasn't built in a day, as they say, and we're working hard on, on the training field. We're working hard in the office. We're working hard on the recruiting trail. And we're confident that um, we're going to be able to, you know, bring more success to this program because there's been some phenomenal teams and phenomenal players at, at Wisconsin for sure. Part of that brick by brick process is making sure as somebody who knows the value of an assistant coach, because you were a great one. You were on the bench when UC Santa Barbara won that national championship. We talked about the success you had for Northwestern winning the double and going to the sweet 16. Talk about how you assembled your coaching staff at Wisconsin. Not being too far away from uh, Madison, when I was in Chicago, I got to know the the coaching staff like pretty well and having coached in uh, here, the previous coaching staff pretty well and having coached in the Big Ten before, you know. So Aaron Holbein was a, an assistant coach here uh, with the previous staff and someone that I knew fairly well. And he's a badger, you know, like he's born and raised here in this in this town, uh, played soccer at Wisconsin, uh, was an All-American here, was an MLS player. And he's a badger through and through. And, and those are the kind of players that I want to have. I want to have players that will do anything for the badgers. You know, they're playing for the logo on the front of the chest, not the name on the back of the shirt. We want to have people in our program, not just student athletes like that, but coaches too. And I, I always really got along with Aaron, um, you know, during, during our time on the recruiting trail and, and competing against each other. And then in the in the other position for the assistant coach, Andrew Bordelon, who was at Northern Illinois University and had been there with Coach Ryan Swan since they started in 2017. I watched the ascension of that program at NIU happen right before my eyes. You know, like we played against them when I was at Loyola. I consistently saw better players coming in, the team improving year, year after year and culminating in, you know, last fall where they were probably one of the top 20, top 15 teams in the country for many points. They won the MAC double 
which of course has top programs like Akron, Bowling Green, West Virginia, Western Michigan, some top, top programs. And yeah, went to the second round of the NCAA tournament. And so, yeah, I, I think he's a very good recruiter. He's a good uh, identifier of talent and a good relationship builder, which as I've kind of mentioned is a, is a key part to the success of a program in my opinion. And I was able to steal him away from coach Swan and, and the NIU Huskies and have him here at, at Wisconsin. So I feel like it's a very balanced staff and that we all are in roles and, and have responsibilities that we enjoy doing and that we are very proficient at doing as well. I love that you put together your team and now you start to get rolling. And that means not just now, but even looking down the future for recruiting. And of course the ECNL will feature in that. I know that you can't talk about players, but I know you got a big time player coming in from the ECNL down the road as well. Talk about the value of having a league like the ECNL as you build your program. Yeah. I mean, like here in Wisconsin, up until actually this coming year, the, 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 there has been no MLS Next program. So the top the top clubs in this state uh, have been ECNL programs. We're super excited about the ECNL in terms of like their ability to produce top quality players. And a good player is a good player. It doesn't matter who they play for, what level they play at. We're, we're looking everywhere. We're looking for top quality players, top quality students and top quality people. We don't uh, have any qualms about where they come from or who they play for, but you know, we're, we're at ECNL events all the time. You know, we're, we're going to these national tournaments. We're going to these regional tournaments. We're at local games for ECNL. And, you know, we're excited to, to continue monitoring top, top talent from, from that program. As we close out our time here with Neil Jones, the new top man for the Wisconsin men's soccer team, as he looks to do great things in Madison. I know you will, Neil, everywhere you've been, you've done great things. What's the best way to describe the kind of soccer you want to play neil jones wisconsin men's soccer how would you describe that coach i think people won't be bored watching us that's for sure we're going to be lively uh, i think uh, that would be a good way to describe teams i like to coach we want to be lively uh, both sides of the ball we're not just going to be a, a hard-working attacking team we're going to be a hard-working defensive team too yeah we want to be fit we want to be aggressive we want to we want to get after teams especially at home we want to make mcclyman Soccer complex, uh, a tough place to play. Uh, I think that was always a recipe for success at Santa Barbara, at Northwestern, and, and at Loyola. Like home games, we're really up for those games and, and wanted to make those home stadiums a, a fortress and a place that other teams weren't too excited about showing up to play. So uh, lively would be the, the best word I could hope to describe our future teams here at Wisconsin. Neil, let me just say this is a podcast, but you do look really good in that Badger Red. It fits you well. I can tell you're happy there. I know you're going to do a great job. Thank you so much for being a part of the ECNL podcast called Breaking the Line. I can't wait to call your games on the Big Ten Network. I want to wish you and, and your family all the best in Madison. Thanks so much, Dean. Really appreciate you having me on and uh, always enjoy listening to your broadcasts and you do a great job and thanks for all you for the game of soccer in this country it's my pleasure neil jones top man wisconsin men's soccer fun time of the year college soccer is beginning all of these rosters loaded with ecnl talent and a fun time to talk to the coaches leading these great teams drew roth the head coach for the purdue women's soccer team and neil jones the head coach for the wisconsin men's soccer team I want to thank all the great people at the ecnl including christian lavers andrea 
Wheeler, Janet Winnegold, Doug Bracken, Jason Cutney, everybody that works there is outstanding. My producer is Colin Thrash. For each and every one of them and all of you, I'm Dean Linky. We'll see you in two weeks for another edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Thanks for listening to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. And if you have a suggestion for the show or a great idea for a guest, please email us at info at theecnl.com. Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast is an ECNL production. ECNL, more than a league.